Could family genetics be a reason that no matter what we try, we still can't lose the fat and inches from our problem areas? To learn more, we spoke to Dr. Brian Strand from Sonobello. While some people can eat everything and stay thin, others diet and exercise daily and still pack on fat and inches to their problem areas. It's not your fault. It can be genetics. If you struggle to lose the fat from your tummy, love handles, thighs, and back, you're likely battling your family genetics. The good news is we have an answer. Sonobello uses a remarkable technique called microlaser fat removal. In one comfortable visit, the fat in your hardest places to lose is gone permanently. Stop wrestling with your family genes and lose the fat permanently. And right now, you can save $250. The results are life-changing. Do this for you. Don't wait. Visit sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. Sonobello.com slash save. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone. A place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. I am Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as to we cross this time-space continuum to this place that I call the Exxon. The Exxon is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Exxon comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and our fine family of broadcast affiliates right around this beautiful little planet of ours. Now, if you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. If you'd like to uh, visit us on any of the major social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And for the programming of the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV, visit www.simultv.com. Exxon Nation, my first guest tonight is June Lundgren. And uh, she is a psychic, medium, demon seer, healer, animal communicator, international author, and nurse. She is dis, uh, she is descended from a long line of women with psychic and spiritual gifts. She was raised by her maternal grandmother. She communicates with uh, in, with spirits, angels, and uh, animals. 
Now, she is called a demon seer because she can see, hear, communicate, and has the ability to remove negative entities. She has been helping people with their paranormal problems, animal issues, most of her life. Her website is www.mysticconnections.com. And June, welcome to the X-Zone. Oh, thanks for having me. So how did you start doing all this fascinating work that you do? Like you're, you're a psychic, you're a medium, you're a demon seer, you're, you're heal animals, you're an animal communicator, uh, you're a healer with, for people, uh, you're an author and a nurse. Where do you get time? My gosh, you're really busy. <laughs> you have to, you have to, uh, you have to make time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's hard because I work full time still as a nurse, and I have my right. weekends, and I have like one day a week off, which is Wednesdays, and I have to get everything jumbled together. So, how did you first, or when did you first realize that you had all these gifts? I had them even as a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandmother my mom kind of dumped me off on my grandmother and grandfather and my grandmother is a medium and a psychic and and she knew right away that i had abilities that the animals would come and gather under my crib and they would sit there and look at me like as if they were having conversations i'd go outside she'd take me and set me outside on a blanket and the animals would come birds squirrels everything they'd come and and sit with me. And so she knew I had that ability. And then as I grew older, she was able to, you know, coach me and Mm -hmm. see that I had the ability to see, you know, dead people and even negative entities, which was strange because she couldn't do it. She, She could sense them, but she couldn't actually see them. So I saw them until I was about four and a half or five. I saw mm-hmm. them as most people do, as a you know a mass or a blob, or you know or a mist. But around that time was when it changed. Uh, from the moment I was born, Michael the Archangel was was always with me, and uh, he said he came to me and he said, "Don't be afraid." He says, "You're you're seeing a, a demon in its true form. That you're seeing them." As as we see them. We're seeing them through angelic eyes. And he says, don't be afraid of that. He says, I won't let them see you. He says, but I want you to watch them. I want you to see how they work. I want you to study them. So, so when you're five, you know, you're like, oh, okay, whatever. So I've been able to see them all my life and never really had any, per se, interactions until one-on-one, until the my military days. When I got a call from uh, one of the COs over on the airbase, and he said they were missing an individual, and they were afraid that he was, you know, in his barracks room and he wasn't alive. So I was working in ER back then. So we, he opened the door, and I could see the young man. He was curled into a ball. And off to the left of him, I saw a demon. It was like it was waiting and watching and I knew we had to get the guy out of there so we took him back to the emergency room and I had him in one of the the uh, ready rooms and I went out to get IV uh, set up to put a, a IV in him and the demon was like leaning over him and it looked like it was trying to take his life force and 
I don't, I just said, no, you don't. This one belongs, to, this one belongs to us. He does not belong. He does not belong here. You, you don't get him. You, you can't have him. Whatever he saw in my face mm-hmm. was enough to scare, was enough to scare him away because he never came back after that. What do what did the demon look like in this case? A demon looks like how I usually see them, which they're they look a lot like archangels. They're seven feet tall. They have a twelve foot wingspan, and that's as far as the similarities go, because really they're an ebony black with shades of lighter black, and the facial features are almost non-existent. The only thing that sticks out is the eyes. In an old demon, the eyes are golden. They're a gold, like a candle flame gold. Mm-hmm. And in the lesser demons and minions, they're red. So, But when you look into those eyes, it's every evil that you can ever imagine and then some. I mean, it literally hurts you to look in their eyes. I mean, I'm used to it, so it doesn't bother me. But, you know, there have been like three people that wanted to see what I see. And I told them, I said, you know, you do not want to see what I see. It's not for everyone. And uh, the first one that wanted to do it was a friend of mine. And he's a medium and he wanted to go with me on a removal. And he says, I want to see him. I said, okay, hold my hand. And he held my hand and he's like, oh my God. And I'm like, yeah, he says, what are they saying? I can hear something, but I can't make out the language. And I said, you don't really want to hear what they're saying because it's never complimentary. And then one started running at us and he let go of my hand and broke the connection. And I reached out my arm and stopped it. But the other person was Zach Baggins from Ghost Adventures. I warned him, you don't want to see what I see. And he took me up on it. And he's sorry he did. <laughs> now, how tall or how big are the angels that you work with, the good guys? Well, the good guys are seven feet tall, 12-foot wingspan. Archangels are all that bit, are all that height, and, and they're, they're huge. They're larger than life. I work with um, the Legion of Light. It was created by God long before the war between heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. And back then, it wasn't really heaven and hell. They were all they were all light beings at one time, and the most of the light beings were tired of being energetic. They wanted to have physical form. They wanted to know love. They wanted to have children. You know, they didn't care that they would be subject to pain and growing old. They wanted, you know, to be physical. And the the other third of the people said, "No way." They were led by Lucifer, and he said, this, we, this is not what we want. We do not want to be subject to living in a shell, to be subject to disease, pain, growing old. We don't want anything to do with it. And that's what started the war. And in the end, it went for a thousand of our years, but it was only equal to a couple of days on the other side. And once it was over... Uh, Lucifer was disarmed by Michael, and Ariel disarmed his son. And God said, I'm going to give you exactly what you want. You're never going to be able to take on physical form again. But you can't live among us. We're going to 
you, you can't live among us. So he opened a rift into a dark realm, mm -hmm. and he put them in there and sealed it with two archangels to guard the two archangels who were assassins to guard the entry. June, we're going to have to take our first break. Please stand by. Exxon Nation, June Lundgren is our special guest. www.mysticconnections.org. That's www.mysticconnections.org. And June and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. I hope you're having a wonderful evening, and thank you for sharing it with us here on the Exxon Radio and TV Show. My special guest uh, this hour is June London, and uh, she is a psychic. She is a medium. She's a demon seer, healer, animal communicator, international author, and nurse. And if you'd like to get more information about Jean, or maybe you'd like to connect with her because you've got some problems that after hearing today's show with Jean that you feel in your heart of hearts that she might be able to help you. Her website is mysticconnections.org. Jean, where do... I'm sorry, Jean. I don't know why I'm calling you Jean, but it's June and I apologize for that. Um, where do these, these negative entities live? Uh, demons, really, they have... There's, a, an, there's another realm, a dark realm, which mm -hmm. is where they live. But the, over the centuries they've been able to create dark portals to enter our world. And the reason for them entering our world is to seek revenge, you know, over this. Seek revenge. They've grown uh, vengeful and full of hate. What are they, what are, I'm sorry, you, you cut out there. So what are they, what are they seeking revenge for? Well, it was the white light souls which put them, which regulated them to the dark. Mm -hmm. And so every living person contains a white light soul. So they're seeking to destroy mankind because each person contains a white light soul and they want revenge. Uh, it seems that this is the typical, or is it the original battle of good and bad? 
It is. A lot of people say, well, why don't you just kill them all, kill all the demons? Mm -hmm. And they don't understand. There is that fine line. There is that balance between good and evil. If you have one more than the other, then it throws everything off. So you have to keep a balance. So are there many different types of demons? There are several different types. There are um, the old demons, which mm -hmm. includes Lucifer. And they're the most powerful and the most intelligent of all of the demons. They're very good at strategy, and they're very clever. And they feel that to come into the human world is a waste of their time and energy. We're, we're beneath them. Then there are the lesser demons, and those I liken to hormonal teenagers. They're all about wreaking as much havoc and chaos in the physical world uh, and destroying lives as they possibly can. And then there are the minions, which include shadow people and the little creepy crawly dudes. These are the ones that you'll see crawling up the walls or on the ceilings. They can look like anything from a spider to some sort of a flat paper doll type thing. No matter what they look like, they're, they're not nice. And then there are what I call the... Uh, wild cards. They're the uh, incubus, succubus, and the harpies. And they all have their own agenda, and they all work a little bit different. Like shadow people, normally demons travel in packs. Mm -hmm. The lesser demons will travel in packs. They'll have usually a few creepy crawlies with them, maybe another lesser demon. But they always travel in packs, whereas the shadow people they don't want anybody else in their territory. They're loners. They like to have the territory all to themselves. They don't even like to have their own kind in the same location. So it seems like they're solitary demons as well. Yeah, they are. They have a tendency to pick someone and, you know, they drain your life force, give mm -hmm. you nightmares. They can even stop your heart. There's not, most of the demons can so how would somebody know whether the, the situations that they find themselves in are caused by demons? Yeah, there are signs and symptoms of uh, a demon attachment or one that's actually stalking you. Um, what happens is uh, one of the creepy crawly dudes, they'll, get, they'll find a victim mm -hmm. and they'll watch the victim over a period of time. And if they feel they'll be, you know, a good fit for the lesser demon, then they'll report to their master and the master will in turn watch them and watch the person. They can watch you for weeks, months, years, and you never even know it. And what they're looking for is they're looking for your weaknesses, your strengths. They're looking to see how easily you're influenced or controlled. Are there, is there anything that you love? something that they can use against you, that sort of thing. They, they just love to do that sort of thing. So if you do have an attachment, what you'll find is at first they'll try to isolate you. They'll try to get you away from your support system. Mm -hmm. if, if, say, it's a husband and wife and there's no distinction between them, yeah. it, will, it will create the distinction in some manner, shape, or form to where you, you know the other person will pull away from you. They'll isolate you from your family, your friends, 
And then they'll start working on your mind. They'll say, well, you know, nobody can help you. You're going crazy. We're going to kill you. And then they'll start with the physical attacks, the, you know, the scratches, the three scratches, um, biting. Uh, they can, throw, you know, they can shove you down the stairs. If they're powerful enough, they can pick you up and throw you. Um, and then they start with your health. Your health starts going downhill and your finances go in the toilet. It's like everything that you can imagine happening to bring you down happens. And it, it happens all at once and your personality changes. You become angry, you become bitter, you have bouts of depression. This is all part of their MO. So if somebody was to call you and you went over to see them and you found out that there was a, a negative entity attached to these, uh, these, per, these people who have called you for help, how do you, how do you help them? It's difficult for them to understand. Um, in 1988, I died in a motorcycle accident. And I've always known I'm able to see them, understand them, and that sort of thing. But when I died, I went to the other side, and Michael was there, and he says, you don't understand. You need to understand who and what you are. He said, you are not the physical shell which, which you see every day. He said, you are Ariel the Archangel. She, she was sent down to relive human lives until she learned to have compassion for mankind. And he touched my forehead, and I relived all the lives that she has lived in the, the last 131 lives and to the present day. And he, and he says, look upon yourself. And when I looked down at myself, I, was, I looked like him. I was like 12, uh, seven feet tall, 12 foot wingspan. My hair was different color. My eyes were white. They were, uh, they were white and then they turned like a ice blue green. And he says, this is who you truly are. He said, you were sent to learn to have compassion for mankind because you had none. In 1198 AD, she was a woman called out for God to remove a demon from her because she was possessed. So God sent Ariel down and Ariel ripped the demon out of the woman and the physical body died. And God said, this is not the first time this has happened. You have no compassion for man. And she argued with them and said, you know, the woman summoned the demon. You know, she has nobody to blame but herself. And God said, you know, you're going to go back and you're going to live physical physical lives until you learn to have compassion. So he says, uh, Michael says, I want you to go back and then you're going to start doing removals. And I'm like, I don't know how to do it. And he's like, I'm going to merge your consciousness with Ariel's consciousness so that you can see what she sees, hear what she hears. And my first real removal was my brother. My sister-in-law called me and said, there's something wrong with your brother. He's, he's, I, his eyes turn black. He's growling. He's like not himself. So I went down to where they live, which is about 20 miles away from me. And I stopped out front of the house and Michael and Gabriel were there and they said, if they get out of the car, we want you to call the demon to you. I'm like, okay, you got my back, right? And they're like, yes. So I stood in front of the house and I summoned the demon. I said, demon, come forth. And I could see it come through 
the wall of the house and advanced towards me. And it was about five feet away from me. And it suddenly changed in the way that my consciousness was pushed to the back and Ariel's came forward. And I could see what she was doing, hear what she was doing. And she basically told the demon, you have no idea how screwed you are. And she grabbed it by the throat. And she can create a white light sword. Okay, June, we're going to have to have a little bit of a cliffhanger here because I've got to take this uh, news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation, June Lundgren is our special guest. And June and I will return and continue the story about how June is actually an angel. We'll be back on the other side. Don't go away. Here I am at six o'clock in the morning Still thinking about you It's still hard Don't wish it away Don't look at it like it's forever Between you and me I could honestly say That things can only get better Sorry, ghostsandgirlsparanormal.com. Wow. June, welcome back, and please continue your story. Uh, this is rather interesting. Yeah, it was, it was quite interesting because once she came forward, mm-hmm. the demon realized who she was, and she grabbed it by the throat, and she can produce a white light sword, which is one of the few things that can kill a demon, and she sliced through the demon, and I saw its molecules uh, drift up and be spread among the stars. And then she went back, and my consciousness came forward. And I turned and looked at Michael and Gabe, and I said, you did this on purpose. And they said, yes. You needed to understand there is nothing to fear, that you can do this. Whenever you're in the presence of a negative entity, she will always be there. So it's taught me a lesson. I don't have any fear of them. I don't, I I know how they work. Every now and then I'll get an odd one, but for the most part, they're uh, more of a pain in the rear than anything for me. I would imagine so. What did you, how do you feel knowing that you're actually an angel? An archangel, yeah. That was kind of hard for me to grasp because I had never even heard of Ariel. Mm-hmm. And Michael's Michael's like, uh, hello, go check the internet and see what you can find. And of course, you really can't find anything on her. The only thing you can find is that her name means Lion of God. And that she's one of the five that guard the throne of God. And she's there's so much more to her. She's a demon slayer. Mm-hmm. As I said, there is a, God created the Legion of Light, which is comprised of Michael, Raphael, Gabriel, Ariel and Zebulun, and she works with them. There's also another group called the Assassins, and she has also worked with them as well, but they are like 
if they were in the physical world, I would say they are like an elite sniper group. They trained all the warrior angels in heaven as well. So they're the go-to people for that sort of thing. But that was 46 years ago. Wow. And I've, I've been years. doing this ever since. I have the ability, the minute I make connection with an individual, whether it's an email or a picture or on the phone, mm -hmm. I know what is there, how long it's been there. I know its name. I know what it's been doing to the individual. And that it goes from there. I can do it remotely. I've done it. I've removed demons as far away as the Netherlands and Australia. Well, as I understand it, time as we understand it isn't really as time is. That time is instantaneous. So I, I would imagine you would be able to do your your exorcism, for another word, uh, anywhere in the world. Yeah, yeah. It's they when you. Uh, one of the things I learned when I went to the other side was thought becomes reality in their realm, in the light realm as well as the dark realm, and it's the intention behind the thought that gives it the power. And it's, there's no time over there. There's no time. There's no distance. Mm -hmm. It was quite interesting being on the other side and coming back. How long were you on the other side for? I was clinically dead for two minutes, but it seemed like a long time over there. Mm -hmm. I was riding my motorcycle and a woman ran a red light and hit me. And so I wasn't wearing a helmet, so it fractured my skull Ooh. and my right arm. But I survived. Thank the good Lord. Yeah. How does one's religion fit in when it comes to being possessed by a demon? Well, a lot of people, you know, they, they talk about, well, the Catholic Church mm -hmm. doing an exorcism, something like that. And, you know, in 2000, in January 25th, 2018 issue of Newsweek, the Vatican said, you know, we're training more exorcists than ever in the history of the church because there are more possessions happening. And I asked Michael one time, I said, why does it take a Catholic priest so long to remove a demon when it only takes me a minute or two? And he says, first of all, they don't have angels inside of them, especially not an archangel. Second, he says, if they have any kind of doubt, whether it's doubt in themselves, mm -hmm. whether they can do it, doubt in what they're doing or or are lacking faith, then it's going to be a long haul for them. It's going to take them a long time to do the removal. And it doesn't matter if you get the name or not. You know, the Catholic Church says, oh, you get the name, that that's it. You get, it gives you power over them. It doesn't. Not really. I get the name of all of them. Everyone I've ever encountered. And it really doesn't do anything for you. you just knowing your name just means you're naming it. It doesn't give you that extra edge of power because it's still going to fight like bloody blazes to stay where it is and not to leave the physical world. But I've done a few exorcisms in my time, and it's it's no fun. Uh, the worst one I've done was a woman had 11 entities in her, and Ariel was forward for three hours. And we got down to the last entity, and it wouldn't budge. And Ariel didn't want to rip it out of the woman because it would injure the woman. Mm -hmm. So she she said, 
if you, she asked the demon, do you want to go home? Do you want to go back to the light? And it said, I can go back. And, I, and Ariel said, yes, you can go back if you're truly repentant, but you'll have to answer for what you've done. And so she asked, she summoned Jesus. She said, Jesus, come forth. And I had a friend who's a uh, ordained minister there and another friend that was there in front of me as well. And they both saw this white light, bright white light open up and this arm come out towards the woman. But the demon was afraid to take it. No, it said, no, you're lying, you're lying. And so Jesus withdrew his hand. And Ariel said, so be it. Lucifer, come forth. And both of my friends saw this entity appear at the end of the hallway and walk towards them, us. And what they saw was uh, a dark, shadowy type person in a fedora, double-breasted suit, and spats. I saw him in his true form. And he told the demon, you're coming with me. And the demon's like, no, 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 I'm not. And Lucifer said, said, I know you don't want me to kill the woman, so I'll be back for it later. And he turned around and w walked to, down the hall and disappeared. What happened was the demon had been given an assignment by Lucifer. It just didn't bother to do it. And it was hiding out in this woman. And so he came, at, we all left afterwards, and we all woke up in our respective beds at 3 a.m., and heard it's done. So I called the woman the next day, and she says, I haven't felt like this in 20 years. She says, it's gone, everything's gone. I said, you need to get counseling. I said, you have PTSD from having to deal with these things for 20 years. And last night, that was about five years ago, and last thing I knew, she was still, she was still getting counseling. So that's a good thing. So once the demon is exercised, where does it go? It depends. If if so, if Ariel so chooses, she'll kill it. If it's if she chooses not to, mm -hmm. she creates what you call an infinity orb, what Michael calls an infinity orb, and what it, she puts the demon inside the infinity orb and drops it down into the darkness, and it, the orb bursts when it hits the darkness, and it goes back into the the dark realm. So where do we get the concept that hell is 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 in the middle of the earth and it is, you know, burning all the time and the, the smell of sulfur is prevalent? Where does that come from? That's probably ancient man, but it is it is dark. Mm -hmm. It is it is there is a lot of pain there, there's a lot of fear there. There is a lot of torment there. But there's no fire, but People associate the smell of sulfur with demons, and they do stink like that. They do, they do smell like that they when do, they right. choose to uh, come into the physical realm. That that smell heralds their arrival, so to speak. All right, uh, June, stand by. We've got to take our final break for this hour. Next donation. If you'd like to get more information or contact our guest this hour, visit her website at www.mysticconnections.org. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Stand, come back.
Welcome back, everyone. June Langdon is our special guest. And if you'd like to find out more about June, if you'd like to contact her because you have a problem that after hearing her on the show, you believe that she can help you. Or if you'd like to check out her books, here's the website, www.mysticconnections.org. June, why do angels have wings? (laughs) That's That's our preconceived idea of what they should look like it's it's it comes from ancient times Mm -hmm. but the thing is demons can make you see them as they wish to be perceived for for i would say 99.9 percent of people of humans will see them as they wish to be perceived they'll look into your brain and they'll pick out your idea of what they should look like and they'll amplify that times 10 in order to elicit fear, which feeds them. And an angel will go into your mind and pull out what you think they should look like, and they'll modify that to bring comfort and love towards you. So it's, it's our idea. We've, we've been so ingrained to think of angels with wings that that's how we perceive them, and that's how they appear. Man has thought of them as that way forever okay so where in your experience has been the most haunted place that you have seen where there's a lot of ghosts and a lot of negative entities well i think that there's a couple of places in england i went to a place called the cage Mm -hmm. and it was a medieval women's prison for witches So I went over there and removed the demons that were inhabiting that location back in 2017. The thing, it was the most haunted place I'd been over there at that time because I had been to uh, the Tower of London. I'd been to Hampton Court, a lot of different places. And over here, I think the worst one was Alcatraz. I did a night investigation on Alcatraz. And I removed the demons that were there, except there is an old demon that's entombed under the rock. And he was put there by Lucifer. So I did not remove him. He's, that's his prison. And to remove him would mean he would, Lucifer would kill him. There's no other, there's no other way to say it. He would just off him in a heartbeat because he went against him. And... So that place will always attract demons. Once you have one, there'll be others. So 
what are some of the physical uh, signs and symptoms that, that listeners can look for? If you're in the presence of a demon, the air will feel heavy. It will, you'll feel a sickness in the pit of your stomach. Mm. You'll have this cold, you'll feel cold on the inside of your body. It's got nothing to do with the external temperature. The ambient temperature could be 101. And on the inside of you, you'll feel ice cold. Uh, you could smell sulfur. Um, the hairs on your arms and back of your neck will rise. You'll feel a feeling of absolute dread. You may even see, you know, a black shadow or something like that. The main thing is, if you see a demonic, what you think is a demonic entity, whether it be a shadow person or whatever it is, do not acknowledge it. To acknowledge it is to make it see you. It's like being in a crowded room mm -hmm. and somebody hollering your name. You're going to look. And that will make the demon see you. And then it may, it may want to attach to you. Or at the very least, give you a hard time. And you don't want that. I tell people when I lecture, don't, don't acknowledge them. Do not, do not do that. Because if you don't acknowledge them, half the time they'll just walk on by. But what happens, you know, what if they're attached to you? You just can't ignore them, can you? No, if they are, yeah, ignoring them doesn't do it. Uh, sending them love and light doesn't do it, doesn't do it either. Um, you, you need to find someone to help you. Uh, in my new book, Demons Here, The Awakening, it, I have a chapter on, you know, where to find help, how to help yourself, where to find help. And I put in... Um, the Johnson brothers, you know, their deliverance ministers. I put in their information. They've given me their information to do. And several other people's, um, the Archbishop of the Order of St. Michael of Exorcists out of L.A. is a friend of mine. And I put in his information there, put in all my information. But you need help. Yeah, you can't do it on your own. There's no way. Uh, you don't want to even try to do it on your own because it'll just backfire. Make sure that the person you get a hold of is reputable and in what they're doing. Because I've run across people that say they're demonologists and they're no more a demonologist than my dog is. <laughs> That's why I don't call myself a demonologist. My grandmother was Irish. She said, call yourself what we do in the old country. You're a demon seer. So that's why I call myself that. I, I've run into too many fake demonologists. I, I don't like that. Has the condition of the world, the number, the amount of stress, the COVID, the, the threat of war in Asia, has this all increased the activity of the negative entities? Oh, yeah. Over the last two years, it's increased like a hundredfold. Wow. There's more, there's more portals being created, dark portals being created. Mm -hmm. I've been closing them every time I turn around, but they're trying to build bigger and better ones. There's six of them op starting to be opened right now. And that I have to deal with, and I have to wait until the time is right. I have to wait till all of the players, so to speak, are sitting around the table, so I can kill them all at one time. But yeah, there's a lot more pain. There's a lot more depression. There's a lot more anger. You know, anxiety. You know, and the right. and the demons are are desperate. It seems like they're almost desperate to get a foothold into the physical world right now. And so, whereas I would normally get about 10 uh, requests for removal a month, I'm getting anywhere from 25 to 30. 
Why doesn't God just say, all right, guys, you've done enough damage? If he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, if he destroyed a number of Egyptians as they were crossing the Red Sea to go after Moses, and there's many more examples in the Bible, why doesn't he just get rid of the negative entities as he can? That's, that's the thing. That's what the archangel. There are eight archangels in the world today, mm-hmm. and I know where all of them are. And we're all demon slayers, and we're all doing what we need to do. But he doesn't stop there. There are over 300,000 warrior angels in physical form right now. And there are over 2 million of them walking among us in spiritual form, fighting the demons. People think that, well, God's not doing anything. He is. Those who can discern will see them. But he says, I want you to tell people. I do hear their cries. I do hear them. He says, I am sending them in. But like I said, you have the balance between good and evil. So you have, that's why he's sending the warrior angels into the world and the archangels. To help out, help mankind. But but why doesn't he just do it in one in one sweep of his hand? You you like I said you can't if you if you if I you trashed all the demons, mm-hmm. then there would be no balance. The good and evil have to balance out the yin and yang, just like in a person. There is good and there is evil. It's it's the same. You know, without it, you everything goes out of balance, out of whack. And things start spiraling out of control. Uh, I understand that. But first of all, God created them as he created the positive. So God created the negative as well as the positive. So if he was to say, all right, I'm getting rid of, let's say, 10,000 demons. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put 10,000 good people in that area, even though it upsets the balance of power. Isn't that what we want? Don't we want to get rid of all the the, the negativity and all the demons? Yeah, we do. That's why the archangels that are the warrior angels mm-hmm. are no longer, used to be, the warrior angels would enclose them in an infinity orb and send them back into the darkness. But that hasn't been happening for the last five or six years we've been killing them instead all right june you and i have to say so long for now but i would love to talk to you again at another time another place because we still have so much to cover thanks for joining us tonight thanks for having me i've enjoyed it you take care of yourself now and uh, stay out of trouble yeah always all right (laughs) exo nation if you'd like to contact june visit her website mysticconnections.org I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue. We're right here from our broadcast center and studios in Crystal Beach, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Tell me your passion's gone. 